the trial of office hours, Paul. Indeed. To see any of the teachers at Dorp Toads, you have to visit them at their office. Their doors are always open at any time, but first you have to complete a life-threatening gauntlet proving that you're worthy of your professor's attention. I'd be willing to tolerate that in exchange for round-the-clock office hours. Paul, for a second I thought the trial of office hours would be that they're magically only available when you have class. If that were the case, why would they even have office hours, Lowry? Because, Elvis, that way they can say it's your fault if you fail an exam. Why didn't you make use of office hours if you needed help? Uh, Tumbledry would never do that. I'll bet his exams are all deadly hikes through the woods. Or you have to walk through a city park at night and prove you're magical enough to not get mugged. He is weirdly practical and hands-on for how impractical he is. Yeah. You know how in a lot of classes you're learning lessons to pass the exams, but during your career you might not use what you learned? Well, that's all super abstract and easy to lose interest in. But if your teacher is waiting around the corner to beat you up and steal your lunch money, it's only natural instinct to learn self-defense. Or, Elvis, you could become a neurotic mess who chews their fingernails down to the nub and can't sleep at night. I guess hands-on education's not for everyone, Lowry. Anyway, I guess we better head down to the teacher offices. Paul, time is of the essence. Robert's gonna have an adventure. I lead us to the trials. Away! Down twisting corridors and across invisible floors, you finally come to a large gateway, near which is a plaque that says, Offices. So all four teachers are behind this door. Beyond the trials, yes. Paul, since I had a brother who went here before me, did he ever mention anything about the trials? Yes, Elvis. Your brother said that few students would ever dare, and some who did never returned. The teachers change the trials on a regular basis, which is kind of a nuisance for them, so the trials are sort of lazily put together and not always fair. Well, guys... There's students out there about to risk their lives riding a griffin without permission. They may not appreciate it, but we gotta put it all on the line to tell on them. Well, that goes without saying. Can you imagine a Dorp Toads where kids can just do whatever without supervision? I don't know if you guys have seen the dorms, but it's a co-ed situation, and everyone gets just enough privacy to scheme in small groups. It's gonna be nothing but adventures all year if we don't set a precedent now. Actually, Mason, I think maybe Robert and his friends are outside the norm. I was reading an article, and did you know that Dorp Toads has a whopping 15% teen pregnancy rate? That's per year. Well, Lowry, starting a family is also a type of adventure, so we're still on the same track. Maybe dangerous extracurricular activities are a good idea. I bet self Airplus will be safe from Donald and Robert if they're both in the hospital all the time. Wait, so are we realizing it's safer if we just let Robert get hurt? I'm saying if he's busy doing dumb stuff... He'll never have enough time to do other types of dumb stuff. Man, how does anyone even wrangle a school full of magic teenagers? I heard a story about two kids who got a hold of a blanket that turned them invisible. Eventually they got so brazen that Skippy Bottom caught them in the middle of the cafeteria. I don't even begin to understand what would make someone take that sort of risk. Me either, Lowry. We're obviously a different cut. We're the kids who are never going to get caught doing the hanky-pank no matter how many secret labyrinths or invisibility spells or whatever else we find. Mason, I don't know if I want to commit to that, you know, proclamation. Fight your natural urges, Elvis. You tattling is all that prevents that type of thing, and it has to be us that's doing it. Besides, I don't think your prospects are all that good. Well, excuse you, Lowry. We're currently only 12, and if I don't grow into beauty, I am neither too desperate nor too proud. And I am confident enough to say that I will hook up with someone eventually. Therefore, I will. However homely or unattractive my lady of choice may be. Don't you want to be a skeleton? You won't even have, like, organs. Skeletons can bone. Well, if we're going to start keeping track of that type of thing, I saw some kids making out in the hall on the way here, so we're going to need a notebook to keep track of it or something. Oh, and uh, Tumble Dry made out with a hat rack. Yeah, I guess we better tattle on him, too. 
Okay, so we're going to go in there. We're going to do the trials. And then just tell on as many people as we can think of. But guys, if we're the kiss tattlers, that's going to be our reputation. And everyone will remember that, including the girls. We're never going to get away with kissing anyone ourselves. We'll buy an invisibility blanket and play it smarter than the other kids. This is war and politics, Elvis. Take your gloves off and don't hold your punches. <sighs> okay. All right, Paul, I guess we go through the door. Now mindful not to touch any exposed surfaces in the school, you turn the doorknob with a sleeve and walk inside. The door closes behind you, and you find yourself in a pavilion of sorts. Wait, does the door lock? No, no, no. In fact, there's a sign posted right where you walk in that says, Consider leaving. We're very busy. If you have an appointment, please proceed to the right. To your right seems to be a brick wall. To your left, you see three reanimated zombies standing around doing nothing in particular. There's also a moat, and the current seems to be moving very fast. There's a small rowboat tied to the shore that you guys are on, and on the opposite side is another door. I get my wand at the ready. If one of those zombies does anything funny, I'm throwing him right in the moat. One of the zombies starts waving and walking towards you. Into the moat! Hey guys, I'm- ah! The current carries him away into an opening at the far side of the room. He then reappears again at the near side of the room. Ah oh, man, what did I even do this time? He struggles and thrashes against the current. What the heck, Elvis? He wasn't even doing anything. The dead are not meant to walk. That is automatic funny business. Well, that one's smart enough to talk to us on top of everything else. Oh, God, somebody help me. That says to me that he's more dangerous. An undead who craves to eat my flesh, but can also trick us into a false sense of confidence? Completely insidious. Okay, all right, I guess that's a good point. We don't really know their motives. Presumably to test us somehow. To see if we're dumb enough to be eaten by zombies, and I'm not going to fall for it. I can't drown, but this is really stressful. Aren't there two other zombies? What are they doing? Just watching you guys. There's a man and a woman. Do you guys talk? The lady says, not if you're going to throw us in the river. Into the river! Splish! She goes in the river. There's now two zombies struggling in vain to escape the current. <laughs> Why? I didn't even do anything. As far as we know! Well, I hope the answer to this particular trial is to throw all the zombies in the moat, or else we're failing spectacularly. If Tumble Dry set this up, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the right answer. I feel like he's all about self-determination. Yeah, but he probably also believes in friendships and things being more than they seem. But if the zombies were going to trick us, then that is them being more than they seem. I guess that's good enough logic. Paul, throw the third zombie in the water. Oh, please! Oh! Splash! Now all the zombies are suffering and struggling against the current. Doesn't this seem, like, a little too easy? Well, if the point was that they're going to trick us... Us being too dumb to be tricked makes it really easy. I guess I can't really argue with that. But so how are we supposed to cross the moat now? The zombies are going to grab the boat and try to capsize it. We don't need it. I can levitate things and so can Elvis. We'll just levitate each other across the moat. Okay, Paul, we do that. Will you guys levitate yourselves over the struggling zombies and the rushing water, and then... Ah, uh, here it comes. You're on the other side of the moat. Oh. Yeah, I really expected that to go wrong. And yet it did not. And here you are. Okay, go over to the door. Can I open it? The door is locked with what appears to be three conventional locks. So, what, they need a key? So it would seem. Hang on, I've got something for this. Hello, Vera. And Paul, the locks just magically come undone. The locks unlatch. You open the door and it reveals a gradually curving hallway, which gently curves out of sight. Okay. No, this is too easy. There's obviously another door or something. I'm sure that it didn't turn out we guessed exactly the right answer without even interacting with the trial. I guess if you want to interrogate the zombies, my telekinesis is strong enough I can twist their arms around and stuff. That would make me feel a lot better. 
Okay, Paul, I grab one of the zombies and lift him into the air. You better start talking, you beef jerky trash! Uh, 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 okay, on the one hand, thanks for getting me out of that. On the other, harsh. And also, you put me in that. You know, you don't see me making fun of your watery aliveness. Oh, you're right, that's sorry, I was... No, wait, I mean, shut up, please! It's fine, Elvis, I'll do it. Listen up, you beef jerky trash. You're gonna shut up and answer our questions. Uh, okay. Did I not just tell you to shut up? Elvis, did I not just tell him to shut up? Well, I was more polite about it, but yes, we did. Well, I'm not gonna be polite. I got a reputation to uphold with this guy. Elvis, twist his arm clean off. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Paul, I guess I just twist that zombie's arm right off. You tear his arm off like a chicken drumstick. Ah, hey, man. Not cool. I mean, I can't feel it, but still. Gotta use my arm for stuff. You'll get it back when we get some information. And only if I like the answers. Man, you are some dead, cold 12-year-olds. I'm just now getting into my edgy phase. My parents don't understand me, and I'm mad about it. Well, that's just great. What's the objective of this puzzle? Don't jerk me around, you jerky. To go through the door. You already succeeded. What? Well, then why is there a moat? It's a trial. There's like a riddle. I was going to tell you the three of us have keys, and only we can open the door if we work together. But I'm mad at the other guy because the girl wants to date him. The girl hates me because she thinks I'm creepy and weird. And the guy thinks that I'm cool and he looks up to me. That doesn't explain why there's a moat. No, I get it. You have to get them to the other side. But they won't ride in the boat with each other. It's based on that riddle where there's like a wolf, a goat, and a watermelon. I think it's a fern plant. Some kind of plant. I don't know why the guy has these things. But we opened the door without you. Right, that's the trial. You passed the test. But what does that have to do with a goat eating a watermelon? It doesn't. I mean, it kind of does. The point is, people tend to get caught up in problems trying to solve them the way that they've been presented. Sometimes they call it a false dilemma. Professor Skippy Bottom doesn't like it when students come to pester him with problems that they just can't see their way around. So this is the first part of his trial. Uh, I wonder if that's counterproductive. Because I feel like it would help if someone was there to try to help you think outside the box. Look, kid, I didn't design the test. Skippy Bottom simply explained the loose takeaway, and and they change these things up every couple of weeks, so I can't even guarantee it's a lesson he's taking very seriously. All right, well, I kind of like that answer, but not very much. Elvis, slap him around with his own hand a little, but not too hard because he seems helpful. Paul, I guess I slap him around, but not like I mean it. This is just humiliating, okay? I can't even feel this. Oh, you have yet to suffer embarrassment. Stick around us for very long, and you will be exposed to many more humiliating things. We'll force you to write poetry and then read it out loud. I've I've done it to people before. And I'm not sure I totally trust you, on account of you being a flesh-eating abomination. Oh, come on, now you're just being racist. Am I? Is zombie a race, Paul? No, but you could consider it a discriminated class. They usually don't have autonomous free will, so nobody takes it very seriously. Okay, well, you're just a cheap apartment for worms, zombie guy. I don't care about your feelings, and I don't have to. Mason, that could be somebody's grandmother. It's a guy. And we don't even know if he has kids. Do you have kids, zombie guy? Not me. I said he could be someone's grandmother. He signs up for an adoption, he gets a gender change, and, and we don't know, Mason, he could be anything. You need to learn to see non-living people as an infinite horizon. Laura, you don't even respect people on that level. That's not true. I just wish everyone were dead. Well, regardless, I'm not going down that hallway sight unseen. Elvis, can you hold that zombie out in front of us so if something shoots a fireball at us or, like, a trap flies out, it'll hit this guy instead? I guess I don't see why not. Paul, I levitate the zombie on into the hallway. Does anything happen? Seems safe. At least for the zombie. Lead on, Elvis. Forward, march! You head on. The hallway doesn't go for very far before you find another door. 
You open it, using your zombie hostage as a shield, of course, and find what appears to be a lovely outdoor dinner party attended by a crowd of well-dressed zombies. The place is friendly and warmly lit by magical floating fires which are safely elevated above you. Mason, I can't grab all these guys. Zombie hostage, explain all this. Elvis, hit him with his own hand for incentive. Oh, for goodness sake, it's not even a secret. I'm, I'll just tell you. That's exactly what you'd say if it were a secret and you weren't going to tell us. You guys are crazy. Just talk to that guy. Your hostage points out a thin-looking zombie in a nice suit. His hair is inexpertly slicked down. He looks like he wants to talk to you, but isn't sure how to interrupt. Wait, how do we know this isn't the same lesson as last time? Shouldn't we just move forward without consulting anyone? It's not the same. Well, then that's really bad game design, Zomboy. My name is Clyde, and I already told you these things are hashed together once every couple of weeks. The point isn't really to prevent you from seeing a teacher or to destroy you. They're just meant to be a hassle, and sometimes they will destroy you. Well, I want to submit a complaint. Good game design involves introducing a concept, then you add a twist to that concept. Like, for example, if we had to twirl a baton to get through the last room, in this room it should still be baton twirling, but then we apply a new move that we haven't learned before. It's still zombies. I don't think you understand the difference between a theme and a puzzle. How many people is this? Do we even want to know where Skippy Bottom is getting all these dead bodies from? Order of the Rock. Ah, of course, yes, the Order of the Rock. You say that like you know what it is. I do. It's a famous... church. Boat? Drinking establishment. Every time there's a new Dark Lord besides Skippy Bottom, Tumble Dry assembles a new Order of the Rock. A rock's like a huge bird. Tumble Dry thinks it symbolizes strength and resilience. Anyway, the casualties are usually through the roof, but when you sign on for the Order of the Rock, you're on for life and beyond. Most people think that's just figurative, but here those people are. Wait, if Tumble Dry has an undead army, why doesn't he send them to fight the Dark Lords? He says making us fight is disrespectful to our memories. Well, could they make ghosts? Yeah, but ghosts look exactly like their past selves. And Tumble Dry says if we rely on them too much, the longing to reunite with our loved ones will drive us mad. Really? I have a step-grandma from my grandpa's second marriage who haunts one of our bedrooms, and I just wish she'd go away. She keeps wailing all night about stains on the sofa. You tell me this stuff like I know what I'm talking about and can debate with you about it. I'm just repeating what I'm told. I think you guys ought to be used to fight. You've already died for your cause. Seems unethical to let your descendants bite it too. I mean, they can still be killed, but you already have that taken care of. I kind of agree. But also, I wouldn't want to get trapped in one of Skippy Bottom's seals, so I don't argue with the guy. Now look, this poor sap has been waiting all week to tell someone his puzzle. Are you gonna let him? Fine. Tell us the puzzle suit, zombie. Are you sure? Yeah, I wouldn't ask if I wasn't sure. Alright, it's just the Order of the Rock's a big deal, and you're talking about making changes. You know, maybe you could bring it up when you go to see the professors. Well, we need to know your puzzle before we can see anyone, suit zombie. My name is Andy. Andy, could you possibly skip ahead and just tell us the answer to the puzzle? No, I'm not allowed to do that. Andy, what'd you do in the Order of the Rock? Well, I was a spy when we were trying to stop Tumble Dry's ex-boyfriend. Clyde interrupts. Zipperbad wasn't Tumble Dry's boyfriend. That's just a stupid rumor. Andy continues. Allegedly, it was a boyfriend, but it was definitely Zipperbad the Star Traveler, and long story short, I got caught. Earlier today, Tumble Dry implied he made out with my grandma. Nobody really knows what's going on with Tumble Dry's head. It's just schemes nested in schemes. I personally think he tries everything at once just to see what he can get away with, and he only throws up a smokescreen of morality so that you think he's operating on a personal code. Andy disagrees. No, that's not true. 
He's pretty consistent when he puts his foot down on some things. Clyde says, Eh, what do you know? What'd you do, Clyde? Me? Uh, sometimes the Order needed stuff, so I got things. So you're like a thief? More like smuggler. But I mean, sometimes, yeah. I didn't know you were an important person, Clyde. Is it okay your arm came off, or... Eh, Skippy Bottom will put it back on later. Don't worry about it. This seems really unfair. I slapped you with your own hand. This is no way to make use of the unliving corpse of a war hero. Well, I broke a lot of laws. So if the wizard police caught me, the standard procedure is to open a pit directly to hell and toss me in. Oh. Yeah, and there's no trials, so this is annoying, but it's better than that. Has there ever been a Dark Lord that tried to destroy just all of wizard society? Yeah, tons of them. And some of them have written some really moving books about it. I mean, I get it. I kind of I kind of see. This is really interesting, but Robert is probably going to be writing that Griffin any second, and we need to get moving. He's still got to navigate out of Dorp Toads, and without a guide, that might take a while. Then I'm sure he can't just walk up and hop right on a Griffin as soon as he gets there. I bet we got at least 40 minutes, maybe an hour. Still, though. All right, Andy, puzzle. Okay, you see that lady over there? He points to a zombie in an evening dress. I really want to dance with her, but I'm afraid to ask. That's the puzzle? I hook you up with some zombie tart and we move along? That's how it is, yeah. Do you even like that girl for real, Andy? Yeah, but she's a little out of my league and we don't have a lot in common. Oh my god. Lowry, see if there's another door that we can just walk through. Alright, I scout around. You find another door, but this one appears to be shut behind a magic seal rather than a conventional lock. Oh, imagine my tremendous surprise that my unlock all doors power doesn't unlock all the doors. Hey lady! Yes, you! You want to dance with Andy? The zombie lady looks over and says, What? Are you talking to me? Yeah, come dance with Andy. I suppose that would be okay, but I'd rather he ask me himself. Okay, Andy, go. Oh, I can't. I'm embarrassed. Dude, what are you doing to me? None of this is real. Just go dance with the lady. She said it's fine. I know it isn't real, but my job is to be reluctant and tell you that I'm shy. Really? Clyde, what's up with this? What is the point of this? Skippy Bottom is just trying to show you how annoying it is to solve problems that aren't really problems. Okay, so we gotta hook you up with this girl, and she's willing, but Andy just isn't, and the point of this is to frustrate us. Hang on, I've got an idea. Paul, I walk up to the lady. Hey, zombabe. Do you want to date a guy with confidence? I'm that guy. Say you're mine, and I'll stop saying pickup lines. Wow, she says, rolling her eyes. I love a man with confidence. I guess I will date you. Okay, see, now this girl's no longer on the table as a problem or anything, because now she's not available to you. Well, if I were really invested in how all this turns out, I'd take some umbrage with this solution. But since I don't really care, I guess I can see the justification for it. Man, Elvis, you are just all over weird wizard psychology. I guess it's just who I was born to be, Mason. Andy shuffles over to the door, touches the seal, and it fades away, revealing the next hallway beyond.